Hello, Internet. Welcome to Genius Cast. I'm Scott Green along with Mike Botta. Mike, how are you doing today? I am doing well, Scott. How are you doing? Uh, anytime I get to talk about the genius is a great day, and that would make this my first great day. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, thank you for joining us for our first episode. Today we'll be talking about Season 4, Episode 1 of The Genius. All our favorites are back, and one of our very favorites is already gone. Uh, before we continue, the way we're going to do this, we will be uh, talking about spoilers from the first three seasons, but we will never never spoil anything yet to come. So today we'll only be talking about things happening up to and including episode one of season four. For those who don't know, uh, Mike is in Harvard Umchina, just like John Sack was introduced in the, the pilot episode of The Genius. Uh, he's one of those people who your mother would always compare you to. Uh, he is a healthcare consultant and a longtime reality game show fan. Uh, Mike, very happy to be talking with you today. And same to you, Scott. And for folks who don't know Scott, so Scott's a happily reformed attorney turned professional magician, and he is a game show winner in his own right. So he's got plenty of credentials when it comes to talking about a Korean celebrity game show that all of us enjoy. That's right. I was on another uh, foreign import game show, um, but not quite as uh, as involved. I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in I thought, I thought you were going to say you were on one of those random Japanese game shows where people <laughs> see how many things they can throw at your genitals for money. Yeah, they, they fit uh, 74 trout in my pants before I screamed. So pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. So I, I won, uh, I think it works out to about 14 us dollars. <laughs> it, it was very fun. So let's, let's get going. Let's start by talking about our competitors on season four of the genius. And let's take these in order, starting with the season one players. Let's start with John Sayak, uh, the first person ever eliminated from the genius and who could have forgotten him? Everybody in yeah. terms of everyone could have forgotten him. Although yeah. He he's one of the few people that has the benefit of having actually been in all three seasons, which is a nice kudos to him. Or uh, I realize as I'm saying that there, this is season four, right? So he's been in season one. He appears in season two. We don't see him in season three, and now he's I mean back. he's he's basically Sangman at this point. So uh, with all these appearances on the show, I yeah, no, he was back. He was back for the uh, the office game in season two. Um, but you know we saw very little of him in season one. Of course, he was eliminated right away. And he was summarily dispatched by his supposed friend, uh, Jinho, I guess, because they looked alike then. They don't now because uh, Jun Sayak uh, ate Jinho, or at least that's what it looks like. He, uh, we've, we've got new fat Jun Sayak, which is helpful for the viewer because we can tell them apart. So that's very good. Huge help. And it's the only thing that makes him stand out right now because, honestly, I could have done without him for season four. I mean, we'll see how he does over the course of the entire season. There are plenty of people I certainly would have wanted in that slot, you know, like a Hongchul, but I know Hongchul's got problems of his own. But regardless, uh, it's nice to have another politician because the legacy of wacky politicians and the genius is strong. So we'll see what happens in season four. Yeah, when I saw his name on the list, it felt like stunt casting. Like, look, we brought back the first guy out again, just like we did with Huijong in season three. And, of course, Huijong in season three was tame, boring Huijong. Uh, <laughs> at least they didn't bring back Jury from season three for season four. The, even in season three, they don't remember who she is. So it's amazing that anyone knows who Junstock is by the time we get to season four. Yeah. All right. So he's there. Okay. And moving along, we have Jungmoon, who is even less interesting to me. Yeah. I guess she's there because she is one of the most brilliant IQ eyes of anyone who's ever been on the show. And that's great. I mean, we'll, we'll see it come into play in this episode where she pulls a great move. But, you know, all things considered, she's you know a good person around. I mean... The show has the general concern that there are just barely any women that they bring back, even though there are quite a few potential candidates. It's nice to have another, you know, effective, smart woman in the cast. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see her there. 
even though season one, her whole story ends up being a love story, which doesn't really seem like you would need it in the genius, but eh, it works out <laughs> fine. We get a good Avril Lavigne song out of it. Well, uh, the other great love story on the genius is uh, Sangman's love for Sangman. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Sung Yu because of the random love ballads and love well, letters so, that get exchanged. That was one way or the other way. That was Sung Yu loving Sangman, but just not enough to add him on Twitter. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jung Moon uh, was kind of boring her first time around. There's a there's there's certainly a problem with casting women on this show. Uh, it's they, they don't have. I'm glad that the producers don't feel the pressure they would feel on the American version to keep the genders even. Like cast the most interesting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fine. I, I think you, it would be nice to have more than three women on this season. But there are better choices. I mean, I, I would have liked to have seen uh, Yeonju from season three who who beat Yu Yeon in a death match. I mean, that's. Um, that's pretty substantial. She should have beat Dongmin, except, <laughs> except I don't know, Jedi mind trick, I guess. And evidently, that that main match, so, or that death match, monorail went on for like an hour between moves where she was just pondering and trying to figure out what Dongmin could possibly be doing. To, But he just screwed up, and she didn't realize it, which is kind of amazing. Uh, so you mentioned Yunju. You did not mention my favorite genius contestant of all time, Ah Young who I miss dearly and wish she was on season four. And by my favorite of all time, I mean, she's definitely not actually my favorite of all time, but I would totally love having her back in season four. Yeah. I mean, she, she was, I guess she added something, an interesting component to season three, but she wasn't a great player. And I guess I'd rather err on the side of picking good players uh, for season four. And I, I do think that for the most part, that was what happened. So, uh, so we've got, we've got Jung Moon uh, moving along. We have the third place finisher from season one. And of course that's all he's ever done on the genius. That mm-hmm. is Sangman. Not familiar. Nope. Not familiar. <laughs> uh, he's only the greatest reality television show competitor of all time. And somehow uh, that, that comes through the subtitles, which is really incredible. <laughs> when you think about all the live wires we've had on survivor and Big Brother and, you know. It's true. Brother. I mean, we're, we're watching a random Korean subtitled game show, and yet, like, anyone who has seen it comes away from season one, season two, or whatever, just going, my God, this guy is incredible. Yeah, I think the full, the full proper description is that it is a Korean celebrity reality game show. That's right. It just needs Donald Trump, although evidently he's busy right now. <laughs> Maybe they can get his hair for season five. Perfect. They basically got uh, they got uh, Donald Trump light in season three with uh, lawyer Kang. So oh, I thought you were saying Gura actually. That we just have like the Trump esque Kim Gura. <laughs> well, uh, uh, certainly Dongman has Trump's confidence, but uh, despite despite the comments that he made in South Korea about women, which were uh, unfortunate, <laughs> I, I still just don't think he has the bombast. But no, he's got the screaming down. He doesn't quite have the hair or the obnoxiousness, but he's getting but- there. But Sangman is is fantastic. He's just he's fun to watch. He he gets away with things you wouldn't imagine anyone could get away with. I don't know if it's cultural. I don't know if if the contestants are having as much fun watching Sangman play as we do, which wouldn't surprise me. Uh, you know, it's it's like it's like being on the court with Michael Jordan. Like you could try to play defense, but isn't it more fun to just watch him dunk over your teammate? It's also just fascinating to me to think about, like, as somebody who has never been to Korea and doesn't know a ton about Korea, just, like, what this guy's position is in the culture. Because this show has now been on for four seasons. He's been on TV. He was in a boy band, I guess, in the 90s. <laughs> is he viewed as, like, d- disgraced former boy band slash bankruptcy Sangman? Or is he now genius legend Sangman? I-, I hope he's genius legend Sangman, but the idea that he has all those things in his past is just kind of amazing. Well, he knows enough English that he could always come here and be genius legend Sangman. I think he, what? Knew, he knew what, like a half dozen words? That was such a great underrated season one highlight <laughs> when he tries to show that he can speak English. It makes no sense at all. It's perfect. 
Yeah. Uh, so Sangman won season two. Uh, he, he won almost all of the main matches. He's not been tested much in death matches. He's, he's uh, two for four in death matches, counting the one he lost to Qumran in season one, and then the winning two out of three against Yoan in season two. So uh, he's, who knows how he'd be in, in death matches. Uh, I suspect he would be below average for this group. Yeah. Uh, but as a Sangman fan, I hope we don't find out until September. Yeah, and our sunbays when it comes to genius podcasting, Dom and Colin, you know, we're discussing this in a recent episode, just thinking through, like, if you were a genius competitor, how would you view Sangman? Like, would you view him as genius legend who I don't really want to face in a, in a death match? Or do you view him as the guy who's basically a 50-50 shot at winning a death match? And I wonder. My concern, my concern if I'm playing is if it's a game like betting rock, paper, scissors, where he might be able to get information that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if that's on the table, if I, you know, I guess you can veto it in season four, but my concern is, is, is he going to have some kind of boost just because he's better at dealing with people than I am? I, I, I think back to that scene in uh, the, the seat exchange game in season two, where he just, he just, people tell him what number they are. And he says, Nope, you're lying. Be honest with me and I'll forgive you. Tell me right now. I know you're lying. Tell me right now. And I go, yep, I'm lying. <laughs> I, was, I was being dishonest saying that I apologize. It's pure human lie detector. It's- <laughs> it was great. Uh, so Sangman, uh, I, I don't know. It, it, he, could, he could become a target. But, you know, honestly, I think so long as, as you've got people like Yonsung and, and Jung-Hoon and, and Jun Seok, and there's, there's plenty of people who I'd rather take to a deathmatch, Jung-Hoon, than Sangman. Sangman. Sangman has to be left with, like, Dongmin and Hyungmin and Jinho and Yoan. And there's like a very small list of people where, where I think Samen is the most appealing one to take to the death match. And he's very rarely going to be the loser in a main match. So I, I, I think I, I fear for his safety because I want to watch him on the show for as long as possible. But he should be okay for a little while. So uh, let's move on to Kyungran, um, my wife's favorite player from, from season one. And, uh, and I, your, your wife, having only seen season one so far, is roughly tied with King Rang, who appears to have stopped <laughs> watching after she was on the show. No, M- Michelle has watched more than King Rang because Michelle has now watched like <laughs> two or three episodes into season two. <laughs> she's way ahead. She's way, way ahead. way ahead. Way ahead. Yeah, well, she's now King Rang's uh, Sunday. King Rang is someone who comes off great in season one. She's intense. She is, you know, fierce in every sense of the word. She's maybe a bit over-aggressive, over but it comes across in season four that she's very well-respected. Lots of people are rooting for her, and with good reason. She's a strong player who acquitted herself well against Sangmin. She doesn't have a very good showing against Jinho when it comes to wrapping up season one, but I'm certainly excited to see her get another chance. Yes, yes. Uh, let's, let's see what happens. And she also only played in one death match uh, before she had to face Jinho. So uh, not, not tested, not, not battle-proven. And I think still probably not your first pick to take to the death match uh, if you're going, uh, if, if you've still got better choices on the table. So um, that may be self-evident. Let's go to Jinho, our winner from season one. Jinho, who now holds the theme music of Mysterious Ways, the best possible song on the genius. <laughs> uh, Jinho has the reputation of general game breaker on the show. You can see that, you know, when it comes to sorting out what Jinho's genius is, they tend to focus on his efforts to actually, you know, crack the code of the game, whether it's trying to come up with a way to 
you know, create infinite lives in the in the bill passing game in season two, or if it's obviously what happened in Open Pass in season one. Jinho's rep is the person who figures out the tricks when nobody else can figure out the tricks. Yeah, I'm not alone in this, but Open Pass was when I fell in love with Jinho, but I had a different reason than everybody else. As a magician, uh, I'm more used to finding tricks with with little props. I mean, I, I feel like if I were on the show, that would be something that would be natural to me. And that was something I had wondered about the cards uh, at the beginning of the episode when they, they saw the cards for the first time. Uh, something that I would have looked for right away is, is the pattern on the back of the cards a one-way pattern or a two-way pattern? And Jinho figured out it was a one-way pattern. Uh, so he it is great. Sound heart. And Jinho is almost worthy of admission into the Alliance of Magicians after that performance. It's fantastic. We, we demand to be taken seriously. And so does he. He's back for season two. He has a great showing in season two, you know, losing only essentially to a coin flip. Uh, it was worse than that. I mean, yeah, like he, it wasn't just that he lost to a coin flip. It was that he was forced into a coin flip. You know, like like he didn't – he was put in a situation where he didn't get to, to choose to take a coin flip, which, you know, would be on him. But, like, it was even worse than that. The show said, you know, his, his luck came up in a way that the show's rules forced him into a situation where he had absolutely no control over the outcome. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, we're a, for it. It's a painful exit, but at least he goes out, you know, still smelling like roses. He comes back yes. in season three. You know, he wins his one main match appearance with a little bit of help from Sangman and the gang. And he's back for season four. You know, it remains to be seen you know, how he fits in with the Min 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 group that forms at the beginning of the episode. But you know, as we get into talking about episode one here, we'll see. You know, Jin Ho looks like he's going to find a place for himself, which I'm excited about. Because I would like for him to stick around as long as possible. Yes, yes. He does weasel his way into the uh, eventual, eventual 11-person alliance that still somehow uh, sends two people into the death match. But we'll get to that. Season two, starting with, is, uh, is Lawyer Yoon-san? Yeah, she's the first season tour yep. uh, that we have on this list. She's someone who I really liked in season two. I, I think, unfortunately, her being a woman counted against her. If she had played the same way but been a man, I think she would have had a lot more success just based on uh, what appears to me to be the uh, some of the culture that they, you know, what we've seen from other female players is they do better when they take a more diminished role. You look at Kyungran, who is happy to play more passive aggressively, that she would sit in the back and she would she would make her moves in the background. And lawyer Yoon-sun was, was happy to be up front making her moves and she was aggressive and she knew what she wanted and she went for it, which made her great TV and a great player. And unfortunately, it also made her a great target for the other players. It definitely seems that way. She has that moment where she's talking to Jinho at the beginning of one of the episodes when they're standing all around the giant G table and Jinho singles her out as his number one target for the week. So you got to imagine, just like you said, if she were a guy who had been playing the same way, she wouldn't have bubbled to the surface in that group. Like, it, it's kind of shocking to me that he wouldn't have gone after Sangman at that point, but he singles out Yunsun. A lot of people do. And we see her make a relatively early exit in season two. Uh, she's back. Another great person to see. Uh, it remains to be seen how well she'll be able to integrate with these groups and how well she'll be able to, you know, build an alliance for herself. But it she's look good in episode one. We'll, we'll we'll get to that. But yeah. yeah, but she's smart. I've got some faith in her ability to find a way, and you know, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. So next up is uh, uh, pour pour some to the curb for for Jung Hyun. I, I think I think he's going far. <laughs> not seen anything beyond the opening credits i'm sure that jenny can have a great showing <laughs> he's he's just fun to watch i mean he's he's 
you know, he's never going to win a season of the genius. If they bring him back a hundred times, I don't think he's ever going to win, but he's always going to be fun to watch. And he plays with his heart. And he had my favorite line in the history of, of the show in season two, uh, when he walked in on, on Sangman and said, it was like walking into the bedroom, like walking in on your adolescent son. (laughs) Which and, just uh, sounds right for Sangman. Everything you do, Sangman <laughs> lives in a van down by the river. I imagine anyone who walks into that van, it's like walking into an adolescent son's room. So seems about right. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about Jung Hoon, but uh, not much to say about his prospects in season four because um, we, we already know his fate. Yeah. No, he, has, he has since walked into the sea as we were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, we have uh, my winner pick, uh, Yoan, who uh, I, I think could be uh, could be a sleeper. I actually am surprised did not win season two. He should have. He got a bad draw in the finals, but I think he's going to be underrated just because he didn't win any main matches. I don't think it's necessarily any fault of his. I don't think he's necessarily a bad main match player, um, but I I think that his strength in the death matches. I mean, he killed Laser Chess. He rocked the black and white game against Jung Hyun. Now one of two people to have kick Jung-Hoon's ass at the black and white game. Um, and I, I just think he's someone you're, you're almost never going to take to a death match. And when he gets there, there's very few death matches where he's, he's not going to be a favorite. So I think a combination of fear of him and his legitimate skill in those games and of competing with his back against the wall. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely great at those one-on-one battles. It's still kind of shocking to me, like thinking back to season two, just how little success he has in those in those main matches. Yeah, but he's smart because towards the end of season two, we started figuring out ways to uh, keep himself out of the death match first and foremost. For example, when there were four left and he, he uh, realized he could start helping uh, Sangman to win in the, in the bidding game for the colors that if so long as Sangman won, he could be safe. You know, he essentially, if he wins, he's safe. Um, and if he loses uh, and Sangman doesn't win, then Sangman's still safe, and then he's going to the death match. So he's true. And one, so he could get that token of immortality. And you've got to figure that Garnet matches are here in season four pretty much exclusively as Yoan insurance to make sure that if he's not able to at least score some Garnets, you know, week in, week out, and hold on to them, that they're going to create a mechanism to get him into those death matches. Yeah, but all he has to do is avoid being in last place. And when that's the goal of the main match, I suspect he's going to find a way to do that. Sounds reasonable. So let's move on to season three, uh, to our first person out of season three into season four, and that is Kyung Hoon. Kyung Hoon's one of those people who he he made himself known in the first episode of season three, doing the one thing that you know, as you're watching, you think, who's going to be the dummy who does the immediate defection and puts a huge target on himself? And Kyung Hoon is that dummy. He is always going to be that dummy. So I look forward to seeing him doing more stupid things in season four. I think he's a better player than he got credit for. Uh, he does some dumb things in the episode we're talking about today, uh, but I, I I don't think he's that dumb. Uh, I, I think he could potentially be a strong player. I don't think he's going to win this season, but I, I don't think that he's a wasted spot. And, in fact, he provided enough entertainment in episode one that even if he flames out in episode two, I think he's probably still worth having it on the show. Oh, I think that's definitely true. I, th- I think he's dumb for a genius all-star but in terms of people who've been on the show he has certainly acquitted himself he seems like a really smart guy and if he's learned from his mistakes in season two then he could go make a surprising run here and he's interesting he's, he's fun different. to have around he's yeah. not the same as everyone else i like that he gets emotional and throws hissy fits in a way that johan would never do so it's fun to have somebody around who's gonna freak out if people start to bully him <laughs> 
Uh, right on. Uh, and uh, next up, we have uh, Yu so, Yan. Yep. Yu Yan next. Yu Yan, oh. who, whose wife made a great showing in season three. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Yu Yan can do. You know, coming back for season four. He's obviously a smart guy. He's got tons of strategy game experience being a professional poker player. Uh, he's one of the few people that we can actually talk to because he's fluent in English and has a Twitter account and no, evidently knows that American podcasts about the genius exist, which is kind of exciting. Now, my question, and this is, this is more for bum diddly umptious, is if Yu Yun spells his name, uh, the Americanized version of his name, uh, Y-O-U-H-U-Y-N, uh, then why, why would bum diddly umptious spell it? Y-O-O-H-Y-U-N. Shouldn't you defer to the person's own? Uh, Bum Diddlyumptious can do whatever he wants to do. As long as he continues translating the show, that guy owns me. And if if tomorrow he was like, you know, I'm charging, you know, 10 bucks per episode. Oh, yeah, 10 just, bucks is nothing. That's a bad example. I, I, anyone listening to this podcast would pay $10 an episode. We're talking like you got to start thinking about it when he's charging like a car per episode. <laughs> this is something we have to make sure now he never listens to. Would you trade your car for one more episode of The Genius? Oh, God. So if it was the finals, depending on who was in the finals, I would think about it because I have a car that I never use. So there's a possibility there. It might happen. Yeah, I, I, I have – we have two cars in our house. I would get to watch two episodes. <laughs> but if, they, if, if it was Sangman getting eliminated, it would just be a painful experience. Yeah, I would um, uh, – maybe we'd make a deal where like uh, he could keep the car, but he'd have to give me like a motorcycle or something. <laughs> if it had been the season two finale going into it, Sangman versus Johan, you have to give up your car to watch the episode. You would have given it up and it would have been totally worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean I would have uh, – I don't know how I would have explained that to my wife, but I, I would have found a way. Yeah, once she watches it and then she has to give up her car to watch the season two finale, you guys would be even. <laughs> yeah, we'll be even in uh, burning a lot of calories walking all over Chicago. Hey, you can talk about it on the bus. It's no problem. Um, okay, so that's – I guess that's Yu Yun. Yep. <laughs> uh, a strong player. Um, he got eliminated in, a, in an unexpected way in season three. I thought he should have won a game that he had won the week before. But he played very badly and got distracted or maybe was just bad that day and lost. So he was out. Uh, I thought he was a very strong player, had a shot to win season three. And I think he's, uh, he's a real strong contender in season four. He's a, he's a sharp player. Um, he's not in the big winner's alliance thing um, that seems to include a lot of the second placers. But I, I just think he's a sharp guy uh, and, and that he'll, he'll figure it out again and, and come up with counter strategies against all our favorite players so i would uh i would not be surprised to see him still there towards the very end of the season yep agreed <laughs> well thank you you got it <laughs> next up is uh dr yunsoon yeah he may or may not be a real doctor he he is something where people call him doctor i it seems like one of those things that involves healing crystals and like rhino horn i'm not exactly sure what kind of doctor he is oh doctor yeah I, he's more of the Dr. Nick Riviera variety. Um, but, but in any case, he, in, in season three, he really impressed me just with his, I mean, they call him mentality king, but just the fact that he's able to stay calm under what seems like incredible pressure. Uh, the potions. Yeah, it, it's incredibly useful in this game where he's clear-headed when lots of other people, you know, like Kyung-hoon, for example, seem to not be clear-headed. It's something that serves him well, you know, through most of season three. And I can only imagine it's going to serve him well in season four. Yeah, he was uh, tenacious. He was a he was a cockroach in season three. I mean, yeah. He just 
he just kept winning his death matches when he had to up until he faced Yunman. And that was that's that's the death knell for I'm sure a lot of players who oh, yeah. faced Yunman. Oh, yeah. Something else I like about Yun Sung is that in season three he immediately teamed up with Sangman, which is just what I want everyone to do when they're please, on the genius. Please, attention genius players, if you are listening, help Sangman win. Thank you. Every season, no matter what. Genius season twelve, when it's Sangman versus the world. Just, just, just team up with him. He's great. I'll just be, imagine, yeah. I'll, think about Survivor Redemption Island. Just don't watch the end of it. Just imagine you want to be on that guy's team. It's going to work out fine. I, I would be just as delighted to watch Sangman win twelve the twelfth season in a row as I was to watch him win season two, which was like maybe the highlight of my reality TV watching experience. I, I can't recall being happier for the outcome of a show, even though I was watching a subtitled Korean celebrity reality game show that had aired several years before. So, One of the nice things about recording this for season four of said Korean celebrity game show is that everyone who's listening has already seen that. So they know exactly what we're talking about. And we actually don't sound crazy in saying that to these group, this group of people. No, they're probably reliving it right now. And, and uh, you are probably sitting there with your headphones on thinking, oh, man, I got to go watch that again and try to recapture that joy. There's so, some fist pumping happening. It's just a good time. So uh, Yun Sung is, is going to help Sangmin, and that is going to make him a, uh, A-OK in my book, even if he is uh, selling magic potions. Uh, next up is Hyunmin, who uh, coming into this season I thought would have had a huge target on his head for both being outstanding at the Genius and for being young. That I, I just I had this sense that maybe he'd be discounted. Um, but so far from what we've seen, it looks like uh, it looks like he's in there. He's he's in the mix. He's respected. People want his opinion. They want his help. They want his guidance, and they want to be on his team. So that's that's very promising. They want his guidance. They want his how to wear eyeliner tips. He's got it all. Uh, you can see even from episode one, Hyunmin is a target for alliance building. Like everyone seems to want to come to him. Uh, he his opinion is valued, and I think maybe even more than that, you know that you don't want to be on his bad side. Because Hyunmin has shown that he is not against the idea of building out strategies that isolate one or two people as the almost guaranteed losers for a match while keeping everyone else safe in a joint win. Mm-hmm. So someone like that, you definitely want to be on his good side. And he's like, yeah, like you said, he's likable. I mean, men want to be him. Women want to know uh, his makeup tips. So. It, it's true. He's really good at them. Like th- those eyes are piercing. Uh, yeah, I mean, whoever whoever's doing makeup on that show is really playing up his his youth uh, <laughs> via the makeup pen, so or pencil, or I don't even know. I don't know. However, they do makeup. Um, it's, it's some, there's some kind of pen technology that we don't know about. We'll save that for the makeup podcast. That's true. Yeah, uh, and finally, Dongmin. Chinguya. <laughs> Dongmin. Uh, was I'm attempting someone... to shake your hand right now as you talk. I'm just standing there and I'm just trying, and you're just you're staring me down. Yeah, I will. I will never break. Well, sometimes I'll break in the behind-the-scenes clip. <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah, Dongmin was someone in season three who seemed like a lost cause pretty early on. Like, oh, this guy doesn't even know what he's doing. He, you can't. You can't bowl your way through the genius. You can't just use force of personality to to get this done. And uh, then um, several days later, um, he had done it. I mean, not in real time. Just I watched these episodes pretty <laughs> rapidly. That's right. Twelve hours later, in terms of like real time watching the show, he had done it. He had done it, and I needed to go to sleep. Yeah, Dongman's got like a little bit of Sangmin in that he is great at building alliances and you know earning the trust of people. And he's sharp I, with people. He has the people skills. He he also knows when you're when you're lying to him. He absolutely. He's got that like amazing Sangmin esque intuition. Like they call him Fussy Dongman in season three, and it, it totally shows itself. Um, he also like in contrast to Sangmin is 
clearly a more loyal ally. Like Sandman's a great competitor, but I wouldn't say that he's a loyal team member. No. He's almost always going to screw over your team if he's on your yes. team. There's a chance to defect. Dongman is going to go out of his way to try to protect as many people on the team as possible, whether they win or not, which you know makes him a fantastic person to have on your team. Uh, but you also know that he's going to be a tremendous threat because despite that, uh, all of his team members essentially get slaughtered throughout season three uh, through no fault of his own. Well, at one, at one point he does uh, pretty early on, he and Yunmin decide they're going to the end together. And wouldn't you know it, uh, Dongmin was eliminated by Yeonju in the Monorail game. The there you go. It's very sad. Good yes. thing it's season four. Yeah, redeem himself. All right, so we've got our cast. There are the 13 Brave Souls, um, only one of whom will emerge alive. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the, the North Korean version of the Genius. There you go. Genius Hunger Games edition, yeah. now airing on Kim Jong-un's television. I thought that was John Seok. <laughs> I, and maybe he came south for the season and now he has, he has to head back up north once this is over yeah, there's he's, like he's, north Korea, north korean media right now to supreme leader jun sayak victorious <laughs> in all portions of the genius you think jun sayak was the secret identity he used when he was in boarding school in switzerland I, he could pull it off if we anything, have to find out if Jun Seok is a big Dennis Rodman fan. It turns out that the producers of the Genius actually didn't invite Jun Seok back for senior, season four. They've been forced to add <laughs> Kim Jong Un to the cast, and he's in disguise. Watch <laughs> well, it, watch it play out. Season he's four. not fooling anybody. Yeah. All right, so so let's get on to uh, season four after the fifteen minute introduction. That um, <laughs> I didn't cry. Did you cry? I didn't cry. Nope, didn't cry. <laughs> I. I was incredibly happy when they played Mysterious Ways. I love the trading cards that everybody gets that sort of indicate their, you know, most recent season performance, which that was just a, a nice touch to reintroduce the show to people in Korea who might be watching for the first time. Yeah, but, I mean, we don't need that because every every American who's watching this has just watched seasons one, two, and three. Yeah, I just, like, rolled up my sleeve and looked at the, the tattoo I have of Genius Statistics, and I was good to go. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, the, something that blew my mind, uh, so most of us are watching this on Daily Motion. I, I took a look today to get a sense for episode one. How, what's the view count on episode one on Daily Motion? Mm-hmm. Any guesses, Scott? Like, what do you think it is? Okay. Um, for episode one of season four, I would guess 15,000. It is 30,000 views. All right. It's so pr- I'm not off by an order of magnitude. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. It's pretty good. I'm impressed. There are 30,000 English language viewers of season four of the genius. If no, get, no, I'm going to stay with my number. I'm going to say there are 15,000 viewers. If we all watched this twice. twice. Yeah. That, that's totally legitimate. I've definitely clicked on that link more than once. So <laughs> depending on how they actually calculate things, I count for like four of those views. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I only watched it twice. So, um, you know, sad, but we can't all be Harvard umchinas like you, Mike. So I, uh, I, I tried to watch it. I tried to watch it in Korean on the first Sunday when it came out and I made it through the first 15 minutes and then realized that there were jokes and things happening. I was like, I'll save it. I'll wait till yeah. the next day. Yeah. So, uh, after Sangman and Dongman jockey to be the last person who speaks before the credits roll, the credits roll. And, uh, we are left with the introduction for the convict game. Um, very impressed. So we were at, um, I so we're at ID exchange here, right? Or ID exchange, yeah, whatever it's called. But. Yeah, w- whatever it is. We're yeah. we're looking for the convict. Um, I, w- I would just highlight. So one thing that happens prior to getting to introducing the game, we have that moment where the winners are all. Where everyone's coming in. We start with the winners, and there are these very clear relationships where uh, Jinho and Hyunmin get along. You know, they had a great experience in season three. Obviously, Dongmin and Hyunmin get along. 
Uh, Jinho and Sangmin are, you know, I'm sure certainly super cordial, but they've never really worked together super well. So Sangman tries to figure out, like, how is he going to demonstrate his in with this group? Because clearly he'd like to team up with all these people at some point. I'm sure he wants to team up with him. Then. Well, he at least wants them to help him. Oh, as usual, he wants all of them to trust him or to right. find a reason to, to stick with him. So he points out, you know, they're all mins. He's building allegiances from the first, like, from the, the moment go, which I just loved. It's classic Sangman. He's looking for his ins. You know, even if he doesn't care what happens to these people at all and we actually make it further down in the season – He's being that perceptive guy that he is and you know, standing out. So I was very happy with that. Um, but you definitely see from the, the moment go that there are some real you know, potential pairs here in terms of people who have worked together well in the past. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in you know, our first game, which, as you just mentioned, uh, we've got the convict game or ID exchange. Poor Doohy is sitting at home watching and just weeping on his couch or on the floor. Um, and... Scott, if you want to tee this up, let me know. Otherwise, I've got some notes here, and I can walk through a little bit of it. Well, the the basics, the basics of the game is that there are 13 cards. One says Convict on it. And if you have that card, at the end of the game, you are going to the deathmatch. That is the, the simplest uh, explanation of the game. We also have cards that say Commoner on them. Those don't get you much of anything, um, except uh, hopefully a willing trading partner. And we have the uh, what is it, five other cards... So we've got noble, right? We've got the noble, the commoner, Five said noble, seven said commoner. Is that is that correct? I think that sounds right. Yep. <laughs> this would have been an easy thing to fact check. Oh well, <laughs> we're going uh, we're going with it. We're going with one it. one convict card. And when you get your card originally, it's by random draw. You you get to see what it is. the The card's identity is uh, printed in visible ink, and you need a black light to see it. And uh, once you have your card, you are able to make trades. You can only trade one time officially. With another player, when you trade, you may see your new card under the blacklight. Other than that, you may not see what is on anyone's card under the blacklight. So uh, you're simply trusting people as to what they have. And other trades can be made unofficially um, uh, at any time, but you don't get to use the blacklight. You get points by trading for a commoner card if you are not a commoner. So if you're the convict and you trade for a commoner card, you get two points. If you are a noble and you trade for a commoner card, you get one point. Um, and the last person to trade away the convict card gets three bonus points. Every three points at the end of the game is worth one garnet. Exactly. And if I told you that cards were going to be assigned by random draw and there was one card that stands out as being you know, the most interesting of the group to get as your initial draw, you'd have to imagine it's going to go to the king of wacky genius random draws, Lee Sangman himself. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say Yunkyo. Gotta love that guy. You gotta love him, though. How did he make um, it back? He demands to be taken seriously. <laughs> He's still wearing sunglasses inside somewhere right now. Um, yeah, he didn't see the text from the genius producers because he can't see much of anything. Yeah, he pulled inside. a John, he pulled a John Mish. He missed the phone when they were calling him for officers. <laughs> um, so say we luck out. Sangman is our first person with the convict card, and right away I'm thinking like, oh, well, first of all, I'm thinking, oh no. Let's yep. just hope that nobody figures this out right away because otherwise they should all gang up and just nobody trade with Sangman. It, it's shocking to me that anyone would trade with Sangman to begin with for any reason. Well, in fairness, there's no reason to expect that he got the convict card. Like later in the game, later, the more time goes by, the more suspicious you should be of Sangman. But at the beginning, it's still 1 in 13 as far as these players know because they are not aware of Sangman's special power to always get the most interesting feature in any game. It's it's amazing. I I just think if I were Kyung-hoon and I was just hoping to make a random trade with someone, the absolute last person 
that I would trust the word of in that circumstance would be Sangman. Like when you go up to Sangman and say, hey, Sangman, uh, are you this one particular thing where the only good answer that I'm hoping for is that you say yes? Like he's definitely going to say yes, no matter what. Just try anyone else. Like any other person in the room is going to be a better choice for your random trade. Yeah. So for reasons that still don't make a lot of sense to me, Kyung Hoon decides to trade with Sangman. Sangman gives him the convict card and that's it. Episode over. Kyung Hoon has the convict card and uh, wait a second. Nope. He trades it first off to Yoan. And we get a fun scene where Yoan knows that he's gotten the convict card, and Chung Hyun has no idea why Yoan seems so angry. Because <laughs> Yoan doesn't speak. It's so great. And Yoan is, he's Yoan angry, which just means he's going, ah, oh, and just, just banging his head while he sits at the table in like classic every single episode of season two Yoan fashion. It's so good. Yeah, it's not like I'm so angry at you. It's like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Uh, it's it's a total why me moment like why did i trust this guy how did i end up here it's perfect um so yeah he's got it uh meanwhile hyunmin begins to form an alliance consisting of sangmin and dongmin and other people who aren't as interesting as sangmin and dongmin and uh, they come up with a plan to uh to trade noble and commoner cards so that they all have the same number of points uh they all want to wind up with four points because if nobody else trades for the convict card then Kyung-hoon will have three points for being the last person to have traded it, but will have no points uh, for having traded it for a commoner card because he got a, uh, a noble card from Yoan. Uh, and if, if the alliance can all have four points, they will all be joint winners, and uh, then Yoan and Kyung-hoon will be relegated to the deathmatch. Yep, which seems like a pretty good plan. It also seems, seems like, like a, a great plan. Yeah, it's also a Hyunmin classic, one of those plans where he says, let's just screw over two specific people. And, oh, tough to be those guys. Well, They're not more than two specific people. It's also the producers of the show because the episode's a lot more boring that way. But if you're watching The Genius and the plan seems too easy, uh, it probably is because if that were how things actually played out, they wouldn't tell you that right away. They'd do it as a twist later on. Okay, how did we all tie? Oh, here's how. Flashback. So as soon as they, they announce that plan in real time, something's going to go wrong. It's true. It's one of the great things about the show just in general which is that you know that they can edit anything into an interesting story because they have the benefits of flashbacks to play with. And I, yeah, they made the Blackout game interesting in Season 2, and that game was over in one turn. It, it, it's amazing to think about, too. That is a, an example of completely butchering a game, which we see We see a few more of those come back in Season 3 where they're just completely butchered. <laughs> middle but be- Race, Middle Race 2, Middle oh. Race 3. Middle race four, middle race five. Oh, or the sword attack game, which ends also in you know essentially one turn with a lucky guess. Yes. Uh, but in this one, we don't have to deal with that. We don't end up with one turn in, in, and a lucky guess. We end up with some actual alliance forming and some real like thinking through how to defect uh, and then thinking through how to defend a defection. Uh, words that I love as somebody who loves thinking through you know, negotiation and game theory strategy. But you know, to get into it, essentially... You know, as Scott teed up, we've got the large alliance thinking through their approach for a joint win. Uh, With because, an absolute lock strategy if everybody follows through on it. Yeah. Because we've they got, come up with the idea to keep reusing the same uh, noble and commoner cards. So so long as they keep those cards in plain view and everybody knows that those are, in fact, the, the noble and commoner cards, uh, instead of using your own card, you're using the group cards. It's it's just so easy. Makes Makes perfect sense. Just keep them in front of you. Unless somebody decides that... They want to protect themselves and potentially run off with your, you know, community cards, which is the plan that Junsak th- thinks through putting in motion. Where he says, you know, I've got a good bond with 
Kyung Hoon. I've got a good bond with Yoan. Why don't I take advantage of that? Why don't I try to get the additional points for being the last person to trade the convict? I'll also get the points from working my way into the large alliance. Then I'll be in sole first place and everyone else will bow down because I will have broken uh, Hyungman's plan. Um, and, well, tough for the gigantic alliance because they're going to have to deal with it. Well, they're, uh, they're all in Seoul. I think that's where they film the show. <laughs> so, what yeah, I would... John Seok uh, has decided to take this beautiful plan and go all Hui Jong with it. Um, Hui Seok. Oh, it's, it's full Hui Jong. He's going full Hui Jong on this one. You never want to go full, full Hui Jong. It's dangerous. No, no, it's dangerous. It results in. Uh, early eliminations in two seasons. And uh, Lord knows that John Sayak could be eliminated early in two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he also does it in a, I mean, I don't know what his options were at that moment, but he does it in pretty much the most, you know, in the noisiest way possible by yep. literally taking the card and then, you know, being pretty clear about the fact that he is not doing what he has just agreed to do. Holding the group got, hostage. Yeah. Pretty much literally holding the group hostage. Joe Biden style use of the word literally holding the group hostage on the set of the genius. Uh, he takes the cards. He's walking off, which not only draws the ire of folks like, you know, Dr. Yoon who are pretty much freaking out in the main hall. But now we've got some starting to think through what are the implications of this happening for, for little old me guy who would never defect on his team. Song Min, <laughs> what's he going to do? <laughs> and he's going to defect on his team. Yes. Unbeknownst to us at the time, he trades for the convict card back from Kyung Hoon because uh, did you figure this out? The because why why he actually decided to do yeah, this or why he decided to like go from everybody winning to uh, him alone winning, uh, which is as much of a win for him as the other way. It's for one extra garnet and to anger everyone else in the game. Did we, did we find an actual good reason for it? He gives a few different reasons for it. Like one is the reason that like he's. Yeah, he feels bad for Kyung Hoon. He feels like he put Kyung Hoon in that position. He, you know, is afraid of what's going to happen if Jun Seok gets the sole win. Like, if I think this through and game it out, like if I'm him, my concern is okay. I know now that Kyung Hoon has the card back in his hand. So, all other things being equal, if the game ends in this circumstance, Kyung Hoon is going to the death match. And who is you know crazy unpredictable Kyung Hoon going to pick? Uh, if I'm him, there's a strong chance I'm going to pick the guy that stuck me with this card in the first place. So if I'm a Songman, I'm genuinely worried that if things go exactly as they are and I don't have the token of immortality, that I'm going to the first death match of the season. Uh, so if I'm Sangman, I'm worried about that. If I'm the producers of season four of the genius, I'm terrified about that. So, you know, whether or not they had anything to do with it, I doubt, but Songman decides that he's going to make a move. That's again, only if, uh, uh only if, Junsack follows through with his plan, which we don't know that he would have. Yeah, it's true. Like if that's sort of left unresolved on the show, I'm not exactly sure if he was going to go through with it or not. Um, I, I lean towards thinking that he was going to go through with it. Like he seems like he's pretty uh, adamant that he does not want to take any risk of being the you know, first person eliminated from two different seasons of the genius. And if I'm him, if I'm if I've already pulled the Mike Holloway, like if I've started the plan, I, I've really got to keep the plan in motion at that point. No half measures on the genius because it's an honor based society, and you'll end up going straight to the death match. I disagree. I think by pulling out, he can still guarantee himself a share of the win, and he should just take it. Huh. Take yeah. take the win. We we know that people on the show 
aside from maybe Dongmin, that the other contestants have short memories. And they're as evidenced by the fact that Sangmin is a winner of the genius that uh, the other players will forgive and forget. And your best bet is just go to the next episode and deal with what you did. Yeah. And maybe that would have worked out for him. Who knows? But as it is, I, don't, I think we're not actually sure what he would have done. And yeah, that leaves an interesting wrinkle here. I guess he's going to survive this episode. So who knows if he has a chance to defect, you know, and get a, a sole main match win and, you know, episodes two, three, four, five, six, is he going to do it or not? It remains to be seen. So anyway, Sangman winds up with the convict card. He trades it to Jung Moon, who keeps a poker face, and she's able to retain her composure. Impressive, considering that she gave away her status as a zombie in Season 1's zombie game two seconds after drawing the the zombie card. Um, But she keeps a straight face. She passes on the card. It winds up in Jung Hyun's hand. And not only was it bad luck for Jung Hyun to be the next person, it was bad luck for him to have to go up again, to have to, to trade with Sangman next. Because Sangman, aside from Jung Moon, is the only person who knows what Jung Hyun's got. If the next person on, in, on the list for Jung Hyun to trade with is anyone else, he gets to make the trade and get rid of the convict card. Oh, uh, it's brutal. And he, he, he wouldn't even have known that he had it. And if that had happened, so if there had been enough time for him to make one last trade, I think he would have been the sole winner, right? Because he would have had three points. Yeah, those three points for being the last person. I think that would have kicked him into first place. So I've got to imagine that Sangman waited, like he put himself so late in the order. Uh, so that hopefully no one could trade after him. But well, just ends if you think about it, though, depending on how much time would have remained. So let's say instead he trades with Kyungran, and she looks down and she sees the convict card. She's not making a face. She's going to her next trade. Yeah. Or she's going to hand the card off to the next person. Um, and so now maybe you've got uh, uh, lawyer Jung-sun trading it to uh, uh, Hyunmin. I mean, who, who knows who could have. It could have been any of them. And you could have had a really fun sequence of the convict card going around um, and it's sort of an open secret that uh, half of them know, half the people in the Alliance know that the convict card is out there. And it, the wheel could have pointed at any one of them when it stopped spinning. I wonder if Sangman thought that through. Like, was his goal here to just be nice and save Kyung-hoon or was his goal to confirm that he was definitely going to win the main match? I think it was – well, I, so I, I do think he wanted to win. But at the same time, uh, I would guess that he he would have probably liked the thought that the card could have wound up in anyone's hands at that point, um, and that it wasn't him picking one person to be the loser of the game. Although he's sort I mean, he probably expected it would have been Jung Moon, but, you know, it, it's, it wasn't necessarily going to have to be. It's, it's pure Sangman. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Sangman's <laughs> one of them. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, Jung Hyun winds up with it. Time runs out, and Jung Hyun is going to the death match. And who is he going to pick? Who would you have picked? Who I uh, probably someone who I feel like is going to be rattled in a death match. So, yeah, I would have picked Kyung Hoon also. Yeah, Kyung Hoon is, is the first person I'm thinking of. Like the alternative would be, you know, if I'm part of the culture and I'm thinking that like I can you know bully someone around, maybe I try to pick Jung Moon. But otherwise, like you got to think Jung Hyun is, is everyone's first target to pick for a death match. So. You know, if you look around the room and you can't think of anybody, you know, weaker than you, you're the the weakest person in the room. Right. The old um, poker thing. If you can't find the sucker at the table, you are the sucker. Yeah. So he was in a bad spot. You know, there was no one that definitively where you'd say like, yes, that person's definitely going to be at a disadvantage to me. But I probably would have gone with Kyung Hoon and just hope that he goes on tilt when it comes to the main match itself. Yeah. I mean, regardless of if you're the worst player or not, you're still a best person to pick to go to the death match. Yep. 
Yeah. And you got to think that just the fact that he can't keep his temper together and it's the first episode, he's going to be stressed out about leaving right away. Yep. That's who I would have picked, but I'm happy with the pick because I would not have minded losing John Sayak. And in fact, I would have loved the uh, Francesca hoginess of the whole thing. Uh, would have been great. I also would have loved just getting right into it in season four and having Jung Hyun, you know, luck into deathmatch win after deathmatch win. Cause it's just fun to watch him. It is. He's, he's a real treat to watch and he, um, he's enjoying the game and he's, he's having fun and he's taking it personally. And that's also kind of fun. <laughs> Uh, we lose out on our fair share of what I was about to call Cosby sweaters, but now I realize that has a very different connotation. I'll just say old fogey 80 sweaters. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that uh, Cosby sweater has a bunch of new entries on Urban Dictionary that we should oh. avoid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they are, Jung Hyun, he pulled them off with style, and it is sad to see him go. He pulled off the sweaters? Uh, he probably did when he actually had to get into the ocean because otherwise they were going to be soaked. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he would have drowned faster. Yeah. Um, Poor, those kids, his kids had to watch him on episode one of this show. So sad. How perfect is it that they're playing the black and white game, which was Jung Hyun's game in, in uh, season two, the one that he, he beats Yu Young. Um, did, was that what he, he, he did he beat uh, G1 at that too, or was that something else? I can't remember. I, I can't remember either. Is but that... he got to play two games against Yu Young because they tied the first time through, and then eventually he got his rear end handed to him by Yo Wan. That's right. That's right. But it was um, a very uh, – he played the same strategy all three times. It was very predictable the third time. And so who knows if he's going to do that again or if he's going to do something different. And Jun Sayak knows that Jung Hyun is going to do the exact same thing again. If you're Jung Hyun, what do you think? Was it a good thing to end up with black and white or was it a bad thing? Uh, I think it's outcome. only a good thing if you can talk to Sangman first and he can be like, hey, don't do that thing that you did. Yeah. Here, Let me coach you through another death match. Here's what to do this time. Well – yeah, I mean, but that's part of the game. There's a social aspect to it. And if you can get help from the other players, then... Oh, yeah. Power it, to you. it helped him in Same Picture Hunt in Season 2, which was great. because yeah, he, Until he lost his nerve near the end and he started picking different things because he lost confidence in the strategy. Oh, yeah. He almost blew it. But just the fact that... I, I was going to say the same thing. Just the fact that he's got experience. He knows the rules inside and out for black and white. He's going to understand the game. He probably is going to be less nervous going into it to start because he's been there before. Mm-hmm. Black and white was probably the best draw for him possible. And it just... He didn't vary that strategy up enough. It didn't work out. No, it did not. He um, he likes to save uh, his big numbers for last. And in the black and white game, as we've seen, usually the best way to win is to to take the first few uh, the first few rounds and to force your opponent to start using high numbers, and then you can use your low numbers against the high numbers. Because to win the black and white game, you want to win by a little and lose by a lot. Yeah, and you can just see from pretty much you know the word go as soon as you know Jensak gets some idea of the the colors that he's seeing from Jung Yoon, he's got great reads on what Jung Yoon is. I uh, he pretty much reads everything perfectly. At least like that's what we get out of the edit. And within you know, four moves, within you know the first four tiles that each of them play, the game is pretty much decided because Jensak's got it pretty clearly read. You know he can play it out to the end. Jung Yun, you know, gives it a shot. I guess he's just about, he's able to tie it up, but it's pretty much too late at that point because he's used up all the big guns early and he's not going to be able to come back. And so he is the first player eliminated. No more victory laps for him. It's, it's a bummer. I'm hoping that we see him later in the season that he comes back for one of those, you know, gigantic group games and that in pure Jung Yun style, he has no idea what's going on for the entire game and somehow wins it solely by himself and wins like $100,000. That'd be fun. I, maybe he'll be back in season nine. 
<laughs> I think it'll probably be the first one out again. But when, when he gets voted back in for genius third chances, <laughs> well, I, I mean they they seem to have a pretty small pool of players for the genius. So if they if they continue running the genius, and even though this is called the grand final, uh, there was a video posted online that seems to hint that they may be willing to do more seasons. Uh, you'd think that there'd be a good chance that he'd be considered uh, for future seasons. Fingers crossed. He's a great character. And like, there are lots of good things we can say about this show. But I think one of the big ones is that there are so many great characters, even in just three seasons. Like Personalities really stand out, which they have to if you're an American watching a show with you know subtitles. But it, it works. These are unique people, and it's well, fun to have them on TV. They're well cast. They're, they work well together. Um, and they're, the show is edited in a way that makes these characters very pleasing to have on our TV. I mean, the exception of that, I guess, there were parts of season two where, you know, the G1 and, and Yu Young uh, came across very negatively and just weren't that much fun to watch. But aside from that, for the most part, all three seasons, it's been fun watching these players play. Yeah, absolutely. They come up with things I wouldn't have expected. They work well together. They generally don't take themselves or take the game too seriously, which is a nice change of pace. They're playing hard, but they're not playing with the sense that, you know, this is life or death and they're going to absolutely kill each other to get there, which I appreciate. It makes it for a a more fun, more enjoyable TV show overall. Yeah. So uh, that is it for episode one. Anything else you have to say about episode one? No, just that it's, it's so nice to see the, see this show back. Uh, as somebody who was looking for a great summer reality show to watch, you really cannot beat, you know, an all star season of The Genius. This is a perfect, you know, eleven to twelve week distraction as I wait, you know, and refresh Bum Diddlyumptious's Twitter constantly on Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons. Yeah, it's a great and it's a great bridge to Survivor. Actually, I think the bridge might be better than the destination, um, and especially for me as a Chicagoan. Um, as a, as a White Sox fan, unfortunately, there is no baseball this summer. Uh, the season <laughs> has been canceled. There is no baseball, and this is a, a wonderful filler. Yeah, I don't think they're playing. Was it? Is it? Com- no, Comerica Park is Detroit. So you guys are. You were thinking of Comiskey, uh, but now it's Com- U.S. Cellular Field. Uh, U.S. Cellular Field. Yeah, it's just the, empty. The best going park on. in Chicago, uh, Wrigley Field, is actually <laughs> pretty awful. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's empty. Nobody's playing. Uh, there is no baseball. And we should talk no more about baseball. Well, no, I, I was going to say we need a genius stadium tour. U.S. stadiums. Let's do it in the winter. <laughs> All over the United States. I'm ready to go. They will sell these guys out. We've got somewhere between fifteen and 30,000 English language viewers of the show that will fill stadiums. Let's yeah, I mean, we'll go to all the stadiums just, just to hear uh, Sangman say his seven or eight English words that he knows. <laughs> I lived in L.A. It was great. Remember, the, I don't know if you ever watched the show The Critic, but there was uh, an episode where uh, he gets in the back of a cab and he starts talking to the cab driver. And the, ca- the cab driver goes, read the sign. And the sign says, cab driver only knows three words of English. <laughs> so... So that's kind of how I how I think the Sangman tour would go, but I would still come out for it. I uh, so as and a, he would he would wind up with my wallet at the end of the day. So I, he would. It would <laughs> go find back. a way. He would end up in his van down by the river, and I'd just, come back a week later and I'd help him get another wallet. So yeah, also yours. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, so that's it for episode one. We'll be back talking about episode two, and then uh, if the sequence holds, episode three. Math. For the Genius Cast, he's Michael Botta, at Michael Botta, B-O-T-T-A, and I'm Scott Green, at who is Scott Green. Hit us up on Twitter, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody.